Well, I saw a statistic recently that said in March of last year, right at the beginning of the pandemic, Amazon reported a nearly 3,000% increase in sales for two of its most coveted products. Now, what was flying off the shelves at Amazon? Was it N95 mask and hand sanitizer? No, was it Clorox wipes and, and gloves? Well, no. No, in fact, the products in question that was selling so quickly at Amazon were baking products. People were looking to purchase yeast and flour. You, you see, when the pandemic began, online interest in how to bake your own bread, it absolutely exploded. Google reported a spike in searches for people looking for recipes for sourdough and banana bread and pita and brioche and naan. For some reason, last year was the year when we all fell in love with a 14,000-year-old hobby, bread baking. And why? Why did people fall in love with this pastime? Well, different people will give you different reasons. And some people say the reason they bake bread is because it's a form of uh, mindfulness. Baking the bread, it, it stimulates the senses. It keeps you in the present moment, keeps your mind from wandering someplace else. Other people say the reason they bake bread is to feel like they have a sense of control in their life. And when everything else around them is so chaotic, baking a loaf of bread gives them a sense of agency. Still others say the reason they do it is because it makes them into more social and generous people. They bake the bread just so they can give it away. Now, whatever the reason, everyone seems to agree that there is something significant about plunging your hands into a ball of dough and watching bread rise. Something about it. Well, it is good for the soul. And maybe that's why one of the most beloved parables Jesus ever taught is the parable of the leaven, where he said to his disciples, the kingdom of heaven, it's like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until it worked all through the dough. Now on the surface, this parable of a woman making bread, it seems like a, a simple cooking metaphor, something you would read about in a Rachel Ray blog. In fact, the parable itself is just one verse long. And the message Jesus seems to be conveying is a message of growth. It's a message that says in God's kingdom, things often start very little, but eventually they grow into something bigger. Like the mustard seed. It starts as just a little seed, but eventually it becomes a giant shrub. The yeast. It starts as just a little bit of yeast, but eventually that yeast makes the entire ball of dough rise. Get it? It's a parable about growth. It's a little parable about little becoming big. So here at Piner Shania Methodist Church, we started as a, a little community of faith. Just a couple dozen members who met out on 211 on a storefront. But now... 
now we are an online megachurch with 119 YouTube subscribers. That's just 19 million less than the Pope. Yes, this parable, it appears to be a parable all about growth. Right? Well, maybe. But maybe not. You see, there are two main problems with this traditional interpretation of the scripture. The first problem is that in the Bible, yeast is rarely, if ever, considered to be a good thing. In both the Old and the New Testament, yeast is an image of destruction. That's why the Israelite people made unleavened bread during the Passover. That's why Jesus said to beware the yeast of the Pharisees. That's why the Apostle Paul said that a little bit of yeast spoils the loaf, which was his way of saying one bad apple spoils the barrel. Yeast in the scripture, it is a corrupting force. Don't forget it's a fungus and it infects everything it touches. So it seems a little bit odd that Jesus would be praising the power of yeast in this parable. That's one problem with the scripture. Now, the other problem in this passage has to do with the amount of bread this woman seems to be making. Three measures of flour? That's a bushel of flour. That's 128 cups of flour. That's 50 pounds of flour. No, this woman is not making an insignificant amount of bread. It's not a little bit of yeast that becomes a slightly larger loaf. No, this woman, she is making enough bread to feed an army. So what does this parable mean? This story of a woman who makes a massive amount of bread and then infects it with a corrupting force. What is it supposed to teach us about the kingdom of heaven? Well, I think the answer to this question is actually found in the way in which the woman mixes the flour and the leaven together. You see, the verb Matthew uses in this passage is a Greek verb in crypto. It's a verb that translates into English as to hide to smuggle, to conceal. It's where we get the word encryption, where we get the word cryptography. Now, this woman in this passage of scripture, she is not innocently mixing together a little bit of yeast into a loaf. Instead, the scripture says she's smuggling it in. She's working in stealth so that no one sees the transformation that is about to take place. What Jesus seems to be saying is that the kingdom of heaven, it is a hidden force. It's working behind the scenes in this world to deconstruct the powers and the principalities that are at work. Or as one commentator put it, the kingdom of heaven, it is out there corrupting the corruption. It's like that old country song that said, you are going to ruin my bad reputation. That's the kingdom of heaven. It's at work in the background, silently bringing about God's justice in that kingdom. 
Well, it will show up in the most unexpected of places. Maybe you saw the movie that came out a few years ago that chronicled the life and work of Fred Rogers, the venerable Mr. Rogers, who in 1969 invited a black police officer named Officer Clemens onto his program. Now, in the episode, Fred Rogers invited Officer Clemens to sit with him and to wade their feet together in a wading pool. It was a hot day outside. They took off their shoes. They put their feet in the water and splashed about while chatting. Now, on the surface, this invitation seemed harmless. Just a little bit of hospitality. But make no mistake about it, Fred Rogers, he was lighting a stick of social dynamite. Because at that time, in our country, there was a national conversation taking place about the integration of swimming pools. Even after the Civil Rights Act of 1964, many local leaders were fiercely opposed to the idea of black and white children swimming together. They didn't think it right. They didn't think it natural. So Fred Rogers saw this injustice, and he did what he always did. He preached the gospel, and he got down on one knee, and he took a towel, and he dried Officer Clemens' feet. For a brief moment, there on a children's television program, you could see the kingdom begin to take shape. Yes, the kingdom of heaven, it shows up in the most unexpected of places. It's like a little bit of yeast that a woman smuggles into the flour until the entire loaf rises. God's kingdom, it is out there at work, challenging the powers and the principalities of this world. It is corrupting the corruption. And it's reminding us that God is working to remove our divisions. God is healing our wounds. God is pushing us back together again. So have faith today. Even in the face of all of our challenges, have faith in the face of a pandemic and political gridlock and denominational fracturing, have faith and remember that God is still there. God is still at work. God is healing our nation. God is healing our souls. And God is bringing about a new kingdom, a kingdom that's not made with hands, a kingdom that is eternal in the heavens. That kingdom is here. And if you look close enough, Well, you just might see it. I'll close with a story. If you ever travel down to El Paso, Texas, uh, you'll see that local artists there installed a brightly colored fluorescent playground right on the U.S.-Mexico border. Now, every day, children from El Paso and children from Juarez, Mexico, meet at a place they call the Teeter-Totter Wall. And they play together on a series of bright pink seesaws that bridge the gap between our nations. Now, Border Patrol agents are there on both sides of the wall, and, and they only let the kids play for about 40 minutes at a time. But while they're out there, mothers exchange cooking recipes, 
Fathers take selfies, children laugh and play. One half in the United States and the other half in Mexico. It's such a beautiful image. Because there, for just a brief moment, all of our worldly divisions, they melt away. And there, there in the wasteland of Texas, you get to see the world as it will be. Yes, the kingdom of heaven, it shows up in the most unexpected of places. It's like a little bit of yeast that a woman smuggles into a loaf of bread until all the dough rises. So have faith. In the face of all the adversity we face, have faith and remember that God is still at work bringing about God's kingdom. And if you pay attention, well, you just might see it rise.